Welcome along to Driving Forces with Bob Flavin and Mark Noble. Hello for a new episode. Sorry, actually. Ha- it's for you. Hello from my side. I, I need to explain this. Hello from my side. I know, yeah. <laughs> so last week when we were in Prague, and I've noticed this a lot when we were in European countries, there is a thing, and you don't have to be involved in cars for this. If you travel at all for your job and uh, you go to any sort of, I don't know, European, like Ger- it happens a lot in Germany. So someone is up doing a, a presentation on stage or whatever, a, a resume call, and they just, they go, instead of like saying, hello, everybody, whatever, they go, uh, hello, hello from my side. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. It depends on who you're talking to. Like it could be the suspension guy, the engine guy, the, someone else, the marketing people. Hello from my side. Is it a European thing? I don't know. I'd never hear it over here. No. And I never hear it in the UK. You only ever hear it on a sort of a German trip or a Skoda trip or something. You, you hear one of them go, hello from my side. So like Bob will go, and now from my uh, colleague from uh, the, the door handle department, Mark Noble. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much, Bob. And uh, hello, also hello from my side. <laughs> yeah. Like there's more than you standing on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what side? Yeah. What side? Is, like, yeah. Your front side? We need to make that catch What's on. What's kind of weird... And some of those little trips was kind of weird as when one of them gets up and they give an actual really good, interesting talk on some product or other. And at the end of it, they just finish and they walk off the stage and it's like deathly quiet. Nobody didn't like it. Like, it's not like we were going, <laughs> when it was crap. It's just we're all writing stuff down and thinking, then we're going to go, hang on, what did, I, what did I hear there? I'll go back over that stuff. It's just this dead quiet stuff. But also I saw a thing a few weeks ago from uh, based emails, basically, and it said that, you know, Irish people need to get over how short Spanish people are in their emails. They just get to the point <laughs> and that's it. So I think maybe we're, we just like fluff. Whereas in mainland Europe, they just, I'm going to say my piece now, my slides. I'm going to stop talking. If you want to applaud, you can. And if you don't, that's fine. Yeah. You know those emails that start with, hi, I hope you had a good weekend. I'm just wondering if you can. <laughs> it's just going to go, get to the point. It doesn't matter what my weekend was. <laughs> yeah, that's the Spanish way. It's just like, hello, can you do this? No, goodbye. That's it. Well, ho- I like that. Uh, yeah, why not? Hello from both our sides, um, and welcome yes. to another episode of Off to My Backside podcast, talking through our backsides. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I want to, exciting week last week. It was. I just need to set out uh, the stall here. I, I was. I sent you a message about half an hour ago, and you didn't see it because you were too busy playing PlayStation or something. So, uh, what are you? Are you Xbox? Correct. No, I'm a PC gamer, uh, and I play DMZ Warzone two, three Warzone two. I think it's called, and. Uh, uh, I've been playing it for years. Playing, I'm playing video games since I was a child. You never stopped. Well, no. While I was waiting for you to respond and see my message, I had a beer. Did you? Yeah. Of, of a, what day is today? Wednesday. Of a Wednesday. Oh, midweek beer. And, and we have an event to go to tomorrow. <laughs> nah, it's not really an event. And it's also called AA because it could be Alcoholics Anonymous or it could be <laughs> the AA. New, new Liver Association. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to tell you actually later on in this podcast how if you're interested in, um, I suppose mechanic if you're if you're a party qualified mechanic or maybe you just fancy a career change, uh, the AA in Ireland are setting up an academy here in Dublin, uh, and a UK company are going to be involved who will do all the training. But we'll actually be talking to someone from the AA at the end of the podcast and how you can maybe spread the word to someone who who might want to get a job in. Um, it's kind of like the road. It's the roadside assistance crew, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is manning the trucks and going out with the guys that are on the trucks, the fully qualified guys. Uh, you'll be trained up to a level that you'll be able to assist someone on the side of the road, but you'll also be able to call, I assume, on a fully qualified mechanic to come out and help you should you need it. Because uh, a lot of the roadside assistance stuff is flat tires, 
which I, I had one the other day. <laughs> I was. I think you're driving the the well, yeah, you, that I had that had a flat tire. You broke my press car, so yeah. Well, I did. I get on to you about that in a second. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the flat batteries, um, people leave their lights on, I suppose. There's loads of simple reasons they yep. get called out. But you've you've done a couple, you did, you went out with them for a while. Did you like, so. I went, I visited what's in the van, which was very interesting. I put a video on my YouTube channel about that. What, what's actually inside. Those vans are a completely mobile workshop. It's like bringing an entire workshop of gear with you and a tow truck all wrapped into one. It's all in one single transit. I think they still use transits. They might have changed something else now, but but the van is is a, a huge, a huge amount of stuff inside that van. They can f- essentially fix nearly anything on the side of the road, and they'll ne- they'll never leave you. So they won't give up after a while and then go, look, I can't fix it. That's it. You will be, you will get home or get somewhere at least. They'll stick you in the cab and bring you for a cup of tea. I have been, I have been in the cab many years ago. A particular press car broke down on me in my garage. I came out, I pressed a button to turn on the car and every light on the dashboard came on like a Christmas tree and stayed on. <laughs> it never went out. The car never started again. And a lovely guy from the AA managed to get his, his uh, trailer right into the garage and pull the car out. And I ended up sitting in the car, driving all the way back, delivering back a press car. Everyone wants to know in the back of what it. car that was now. It was an Alfa Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was an Alfa Romeo Quattro Flogo, uh, a Julia. I think it was the, the last. It was. It was on. It was the last week of the rotation of the car, and it had been through hell and back. It was used on Mondello track. It was used everywhere. And at the time, Connor Toomey was in charge of it, and I rang him up and said, "Have you got that car? I'd love to make a video of that car." And so he gave it to me. But it was kind of. It was going to go when he handed it to me in the first place. <clears throat> well, yes, I am driving an Alfa Romeo Tonale uh, this week, which you had last week. Very, I did, yeah. It's a very different car. It's a very different car. Don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> what happened? You you got you just got a, a standard puncture. I got a screw in the tire. Something, something must have happened along uh, some one of the roads. I picked up a screw, but it, it never actually embedded itself all the way in the tire. But it did go in far enough to deflate the tire. Um, so I used the bottle of gas thing in the boot, which I've never used before. Did you ever use one of them? No. So, because uh, a lot of cars now don't come with spare tires. So explain to everybody yeah. how you use these things. So when I noticed that I, it only works obviously on a direct puncher. If it's a tear, this isn't going to work. So if the tire is ripped open, this is just a bottle of sort of hardened gunk in the boot that goes onto a compressor. So in the boot of your car, you're going to get a little air compressor, which you've seen before. You've probably blown up some toys and things oh, yeah. at Christmas time with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those kind of goes. It, but it's got a special sort of a hole on the top. Your toys at Christmas, <laughs> blowing up a toy at Christmas is not what Mark Noble so, is alluding to. Hang on, there. you're blowing up a toy that has a special hole at the top that you stick... <laughs> You stick a pump into it, a compressor. I know this is called driving. Is that what you call it? We are taking a funny U-turn. It's a, it's a little compressor, yeah, but it has a funny hole in it. <laughs> Just the one. Just the one little funny. It's got an extra hole at the top. Oh, it's very useful because that's where the bottle of gas goes. You you screw in a little bottle. Of, this is really bad. You screw in a bottle of gas in the top of that. Uh, plug it into the twelve volt socket. Tie it onto your. Uh, or put it onto your air vent onto your um, tire, press the button and leave it alone until it reaches 1.8 to 1.9 bar pressure and then turn it off and drive on. It's actually a cleaner thing than changing your actual tire, you know, well, yeah, going jacking yeah. it up. and uh, It's much cleaner and tidier. It's a much nicer thing to do. I know a lot of people are intimidated by changing a wheel and jacks and bolts and everything. Um, so It's hazardous as well. How long does it take to 
for this gunk to to inflate the tire? Uh, immediate. So about uh, all told, I'd say even including reading the instructions, I'd say I was finished about six minutes well, on the road good. again. Um, and all you got to do then is kind of you, you inflate it to a certain level. It says one point one point eight bar, one point nine bar. I kind of put like two bar pressure in and then just drove off. Um, you have to keep below eighty kilometers an hour until it, I, I think it heats. I, I think what it does is circulate in inside the tire and tries to follow the air out, and then it just seals the hole as it goes. So you do lose some pressure. It feels a little bit different to drive, but you will get home. You will get to the tire change in place. You will get, you will move on. Like And the tire is not uh, damaged. I did my research on this since you told me what happened. So as long as it's in a place where the tire can traditionally be repaired or plugged or patched, they can, they yep. can still do it. But yes, this is, this yep. is a good lesson. If you have any sort of a tear in the sidewall of your car, if you've curbed it and there's a little flap of rubber hold it, held open because it's like a tear, you should replace that. Mm, that's a dangerous one. This was this was something I could have replaced myself if I had a tire plug. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that. There's a screwdriver. It looks like a screwdriver. Well, it's slotted on top like a knitting needle, and you put a strand of rubber through the center of that and push it into a punctured uh, tire, and it it stays in there. It rips it rips itself out and seals the hole. That's called a tire plug. And if I had one of them, I could have fixed that hole anyway, but I didn't have that either. I had no help and it was very early in the morning Well, <laughs> and the kids wanted to go to school. Nobody called me to say that the car might be delayed, so I'll just put that out there. Now, um, the, the person who would probably call me was on holidays and I was already in another car, so it all worked out fine. Ah, because I dropped it back. I thought it was punctured. I left messages for the person who was on holidays. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, uh, but I left it back. I told them it was punctured. They inspected it. They took it off to a tire company because I was there waiting for a lift on. Uh, they took it off and got it checked. They may have got the tire replaced. I don't know. Maybe it checked out and it was fine. But there was no... Like, I didn't drive on the, on the tire. I came with air in it and it deflated outside the front door. So there was no rips or tears in the tire anyway. No, the tire look, looks nice, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's a beautiful yeah. red colour. Uh, I have to say, I'm only driving it a few hours, but the amount of people that are looking at that oh, car... I know. Yeah, it but it is it's gorgeous. It's an Alfa Romeo, and it's Alfa Romeo back doing what they should be doing, which is making really handsome cars. I know it's a small SUV, but it's still a really really handsome car. Now it has a couple of quirks. Sometimes the reversing camera doesn't come on. And you, that happens. I have a Peugeot four hundred eight to speak, and that's a very related car, and it does exactly the same thing. The reverse camera just doesn't come on. And there's a lot of just like that. There's a lot of buttons you have to press like three times, like the boot open and close. You sometimes you have to press it three times for the boot to actually close. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was broke for the first day and actually pushed it close with my hand, um, and then I realized you could push it a couple of times or touch it slowly or something. It would just start. It seems fairly random, but it's a, one of those little quirky things. It's Italian. It's temperamental. Um, yeah, as it should be. If you know, if if it was all normal, it would be very boring. Because if you look at the top ten cars sold in Ireland, there's nothing interesting there. I mean, there's nothing really of any uh, top five anyway nothing really of anything that's going to get you excited no. to look at you know? but it's uh, it's funny because uh, you mentioned that because the figures were out yesterday because now the month of April is over so uh, nothing really surprising there's still ID4 still a lot of Toyotas but uh, I, I don't like the way they're fudging the numbers so they're saying that you know electric has overtaken diesel it hasn't really like it's they're they're no. they're amalgamating plug-in hybrids and self-charging hybrids and battery electric vehicles. Mm. Battery electric vehicles alone are 14%. And that's the figure they should be. I mean, that's pure electrification. I think the other stuff, like, is it's wishy-washy. If there's a combustion engine in it, it shouldn't be counted as an electric vehicle. 
No. I, whether it runs for 100 kilometers on battery or not, there's, there is combustion going on at some point. And although some of them are really good, like the Peugeot 408 I have this week, is one of the most handsome cars in the market. It looks Gorgeous, like a massive yeah. SUV, but it's actually quite a saloon. And it's bright red and it's a beautiful thing to look at. But it's also a PHEV. Um, and it's very, very good as a hybrid, but it, it does cut in a petrol engine. So I, I can't count that as a battery electric vehicle because it just isn't. So I think if they're going to, it's great to greenwash and do all that sort of stuff and say, wow, look at us. We have more battery cars for sale. But realistically, you have to look at the real figures and the real figures suggest that they're not selling that as many as they say we're going to be selling. No, it is steadily increasing, like slowly. I think like the last time we spoke about it was maybe 13%, now it's 14 But uh, yeah, just because the headline is now, oh, electric overtakes diesel for the first time. Well, terms and conditions apply. But on those same figures, I just went out of curiosity yesterday and I was like, I'm just throwing in some car names here. So I typed in Aston Martin. Was there any Aston Martins registered this year or last year? No. Now they haven't really had they haven't had any new cars out anywhere, have they? Yeah, no, they haven't really. I mean, other than the stuff they'd only sell 10 of in the whole world. So then I went looking at other exotic stuff and I typed in Porsche and I saw that 113 Taycans have been registered in Ireland so far this year. <laughs> I, I've Looking for grants. <laughs> and yeah, they're not, not going to get a grant. And then I saw that 13 911s had been registered so far this year. So like 10% of, of the, the Taycans. But then there was a slightly higher number of Carrera GTs. Now the Carrera GT was last made in 2008. Yeah. And I've never seen one in Ireland. So there's something wrong. That's weird. Is that, that has to be something there's wrong There's something there. wrong but in the revenue system. But what Porsche is making, like there's something being registered, but it's obviously not a Carrera GT. So what is it? God knows. There's something after happening because they do it with Jeep as well. The way they call they have hatchback MPV and Jeep is a type of car. Well, Jeep is a brand, actually. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not a type of car. So we have this kind of obscure way of looking at it. But you know, can I throw another little figure to you just to just to keep things going? Uh, the eighth most sold thing is a, a gritter, a chip spreader. Sixty three of them have been sold. A gritter. So somebody, somebody in the county council has registered sixty three gritters to Ireland, the, brand new this year. We're expecting snow. No, yeah, that's exactly what they're thinking about. It's a climate change thing. We're going to snow in summer. God, we're such a forward-thinking country. If you go back thirteen years, we didn't have enough salt. <laughs> that's and right. now, yeah. now we're getting gritters before we even need gritters. Now we have more gritters than counties. But it, it is it. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I'm going to talk to you about counties in a minute. We have a complaint in about our podcast. Um, but on the, on the exotic cars, I went looking through M5s, none registered this yeah. year, none registered last year. I went looking, oh. I went looking at M4s. I think there was was there maybe two last year, none this year. So mm. it really is. It's kind of been a, a cliff edge way. Petrol stuff is like, like you know exotics. Petrol stuff has kind of just fallen off cliff. Yeah, there was, a, there was a, a really exotic end of it in McLaren and, you know, that end, that SLR end of the market, really top end stuff uh, that always kind of hoovered along in the shadows a bit. But then there was this mid-spec one where you had Golf R, Golf GTI, BMW M3, I suppose, could be kind of thrown into that. It's nearly in that zone. But they've become just so expensive now for, for ordinary, let's say, blue-collar worker here. We probably couldn't afford to even get near that car now in brand new shape 
I'm just googling here how much is a golf for in Ireland now because I think it's nearly ninety thousand euro. <laughs> and like I thought, I was thinking too. Oh, yeah, didn't want to say it though. Back in the mid noughties an R32, which was the precursor to the Golf Four, which was a three point two petrol engine, was just mm. over fifty thousand euro. So it's got you. TIs just be forty. Remember that? Yeah, forty-two yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh, I remember the 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 Mark V Golf GTI without any extras on it was thirty five thousand euro. Oh my god! In two thousand five, well, days are gone. Uh, can I find a Golf or yeah? Probably okay, not. So a Golf GTI standard now in Ireland starts from fifty five thousand. If you want DSG, it's sixty thousand. Sixty grand for a Fighter. It's an awesome car, but. God, 60 grand. A standard Golf or, which comes with DSG, you can't get a manual anymore, is €76,190. <laughs> it's, it's only €600 road tax, though. That's sickening, isn't it? But that, that, that's a killer. I think that's a killer now. And, I mean, that's the end of... That is the fun bit of the market, was that bit of the market. And it is, because the Golf or was the car that lads... It didn't know, no matter what car brand you eat, like a Golf or was respect. It was just like this yep. car could do everything. Um, I've seen lads at, at car events where there's stuff there to look at this really good, high end, top quality McLaren thing, and they'll go turn left and go over and look at a modified Golf or, yeah, because it's it's far cooler and it's closer to something they could possibly afford. Even the guards used them for a while, they had a, a kind of a grey Golf or. Think they, they think they had they a lapis blue three. They have an RS three. I don't know if they still did or do. Um, All right. I actually know, and, and I've I've asked. I've I know a couple of guards, and I've come on. We do a podcast. There's guards, guards who are currently guards cannot do podcasts. They'll be fired. Yeah. But I do know a guy who does that kind of um, driving the jeeps with the with all the guns and the boot and all that stuff. So when I'd love to have them on. Wait till he retires. <laughs> so when I when I when I see something on TikTok and I go, is that one of yours? I just get a I, I sometimes get a nod or sometimes I get nothing. But they de- yeah. they definitely did have they had an RS3 alright and they had a couple of golf hours. You'd had a golf hour here in Port Leash for a while where I am. Um Troublemakers. you see it going around with the blue yeah, with the blue lights on it. it tucked into the front of it. So I was here for a little bit on some sort of effort. Here, another car to throw at you, which was sold one of last year, Audi RS5. Uh, or sorry, one of this year has been sold. One of um, And then Audi S4 one as well. Yeah, the S4. One. The S4 was always nice, but it was like, it was kind of that awkward middle child car. Either go full yeah. on or just get a one of the big diesel engine ones. Yeah, it's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the diesel was was really good though. It, like I remember the RS. Uh, sorry, yeah, was it the RS six? I can't remember. Was it just an Audi six series or A six all road or something? Anyway, it had a it had a three liter bi turbo engine in it, and it sounded like a V eight everywhere it went. It was fantastic sound engine, and but it was a diesel, and it was nowhere near what you would get for an actual V eight. You know, mm. but it was had plenty of poke. Um, yeah. The complaint, by the way, uh, came in from our loyal listener Aiden Doyle, who is a, a legend of the Aiden. motor oh, yeah, motor Aiden. industry in uh, <laughs> in Ireland. So he's listened to our podcast and he said, um, in defence, so a few weeks ago we were talking about the share of EVs per county in Ireland. Do you remember that? 
He said, yes. in defense of Leitrim and Longford, EVs are 13% and 10% of their sales, respectively. So actually, <sighs> the total amount of cars in the area, is, they're kind of on, on the national average there. Uh, and he said, the home of Bob's uh, leash, EVs are just 7% of sales. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they're not pushing EVs enough that's here. You're, enough dealers, that's you but... gave out about them for so many years. Ah, no, that's not me. I don't, don't really buy have an that EV. Kind of or the market. Don't buy it. <laughs> buy a diesel. The time is not right. Just buy a diesel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or we won't buy an M4 because there's two of them sold this year as well. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking through the motor stats at the moment just to see what is interesting and if it's you, like Subaru yeah, Outback uh, too. It is though. It's a little rabbit hole. If you're into cars, just go on. It's, uh, there's a website called beepbeep.ie and uh, you'll be able to find out all the stats and how many are automatics these days and what's the most popular yeah. color and like I had a look at 5 Series. The only colors people are buying a 5 Series are black, gray and white. Oh, there's some blues as well. Oh my God. That's it. There's a great story about that motor stats actually. When, when Tesla came to the country here first, they had a launch um, of their cars and they brought us off just for a drive for the day in, in Model S's. Uh, <laughs> I was in the Model S, the, the lady's gone from Tesla. Her name is Laura Hardy. She was new to the game back then. She was one of the most powerful people in the motor industry for a while because she was, she was the only person working in Tesla, but she ended up driving with me. She's a lovely woman. I had a great time for, for Laura. But um, I said, how many, in that usual way a journalist does, how many of these do you expect to sell in Ireland? And she goes, that's commercially sensitive information. <laughs> I went, well, I can find out. Like, <laughs> I'm just asking how many you expect to sell rather than how many you're actually going to sell. But she wouldn't tell me, really put the foot down, really like stern. Like, no, no, that's commercially sensitive. But should I take a couple of months to appear on water stats anyway? <laughs> it's sold like 20 of them or something. Um, but it's funny how we have this very open book yoke here. And it's actually brilliant. Whereas they don't do a lot of that in a lot of other countries. They keep it very quiet. I mean, the cars are actually selling. Yeah, well, it's, it's black and white there. You can go and see it. Um, you can. You can see whether up or down as well, like down 35%, up 71% on year on year. Uh, it's funny when you actually root around in some of the statistics, you will see the buying habits of Ireland is changing year on year from the SUV. It is starting to shift over to, we'll say, more normal, traditional, hatchbacky, uh, affordable saloon cars. Mm. It is shifting. I didn't think it would, but it is. In many ways, they're be- they're better to drive. You know, it's I I love a hatchback. Um, they're often bigger than than uh, the SUV equivalent, anyway. But the, certainly, the, one of the myths is that the SUVs, the the cash guys and stuff, have, have bigger boots than hatchbacks. Sometimes they can. I, mean, I remember, like, uh, yeah. I remember I was driving a Golf Four once upon a time, and I couldn't get a couldn't get a, a buggy in one of those kind of buggy things that snaps into one other part of it for kind of younger babies I couldn't fit that whole thing into a golf or without tilting the back seat one of them forward <laughs> where you can get it all into a cash guy and that's when you realise your life is over it's a different shape yeah you may just buy a seven seat actually Paddy McGrath who's a photo- uh, photographer he's a fantastic car photographer works here in Ireland quite a lot uh, he has an estate golf or is that a golf or he has I think it is um, uh, a white one uh, yeah. every once in a while it's a beautiful I thing I don't know if it is golf or but it's definitely he's Paddy's I've never met Paddy and I just I see his pictures around um, his yeah it's heavily modified yeah Paddy's a lovely guy I know, I know Paddy many happy years is it an or um, maybe it's an or I think it's an or that he ha- I can't remember but he hasn't modified now I don't know if it's an or just a, just a golf but it is a petrol car anyway but he he has the estate one and it's beautiful and uh, we were in Prague last week some stage 
and there was a there was a number of those estates hanging around the place. Most of them were Skodas, but there were gods are such good looking cars. Yeah, they they didn't bring the Golf Four. I don't think they officially sold it here in Ireland. No, they uh, sold the Golf Four for a while, but not the Golf Four estate. No. Sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, the estates you, yeah. you couldn't get it. Yeah. Um. So I think I think maybe if you spoke to somebody nice in Volkswagen, they might, but. I wish it would. I, I, I'm, we're going to miss that little bit. Of, there's a little bit of the market that ordinary people were able to buy something that was very, not very performancey, but performancey enough that you could enjoy yourself, that you felt like you were in a powerful car, that you could get off the line of the traffic lights quickly, that you could make a bit of noise with, and you could enjoy, but you could also drive your kids to school in. Uh, and, you know, you could just drive it to work and it was fine and it did good enough fuel economy. We're actually going to miss that car because. All of the EVs are now performance cars, right? How many EVs have we been in in the last six or eight months that can't do zero to 100 kilometers an hour in around five seconds or better? Yeah, but it's just straight line and it's, there's no noise and yep. there's no... It's, That's the problem. There's no noise. There's no excitement. Quite often no. they're not all-wheel drive the way a Golf 4 was. And no, it really is. It's uh, it's the death of, of the one of the best all-rounder hatches. I mean, they weren't... They weren't light on juice, but they weren't bonkers. They were like twelve liters per one hundred kilometers. Yeah. You know, like um, not not much thirstier than a Golf GTI. Um, and I suppose if you if you tipped around in them, it might be a bit better. But the, the temptation was always there. They sounded great, and they just the sound, the sound. See, I think the sound of a car, from particularly from a driver's perspective, whatever it sounds like outside, inside, if it sounds good. You are excited by that. Mm. That's that's my soundtrack to everything. I turn off a radio and a car that sounds well. Yeah, it's just and a golf four just made you feel like a better driver. You just were you felt more capable yeah. of something. So yeah, it's uh, it's sad that these kind of cars will disappear. Now there there is no doubt that I I get the sense from Volkswagen and other brands the the legacy of these iconic models will live on in electrification, but mm. will it be the same? Like put it this way. This week, or last week, I was driving uh, a Polestar 2, but not a normal Polestar 2, not even a Polestar 2 performance. This was a Polestar 2 uh, BST, which is just abbreviation for Beast. And the idea is they have... <laughs> it's very American. They've uh, <laughs> they've put even more Olin's uh, dampers in the front that you can adjust. You do have to jack up the rear ones and meddle with them. It's not as easy. Uh, it's They've put on lighter brakes. There's an aluminium strut bar. They, you know, they have done things to make the car perform better. They haven't made, it, they haven't made the car lighter. Um, and it's still the same output of 476 brake horsepower and has Brembo's and they're drilled and it has gold dust caps on it. And I'm like, in Ireland, in Dublin anyway, they won't last long. Gone. Pew! Yeah. Um, they're just gone already. And it, they're on somebody's bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was like, if, if they if one of them is gone when I come out in the morning now, I'm going to get to blame. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, it was one of the most engaging electric cars I've ever driven. You know, it, it was a, like it, there's, I've driven more powerful ones like the, the Porsche Taycan. I've, I've driven not the turbo version, but I've driven the S version of it. And that is like it, that is impressively quick. It's beautifully made. You'd be quick enough kind of getting over the fact that it's not a, a petrol Porsche. But, you know, at the same sense, you, you, you'd love it to be. But there yeah. are some electric cars that performance wise they are brilliant you know and you can still enjoy driving them and there's no doubt that this Polestar just did handle a little bit better it was better in corners and all that stuff so but it was 85,000 euro 
you know. Whoa. <laughs> that changes matters very quickly. And even the performance version, I think, is 60, maybe mid-60s. So, like, and that, that'd be enough. But again, there's your Golf is cheaper. Um, yeah. But it is a bit like, you know, in, in Star Trek, when they fired the little laser gun thing, whatever you phaser, is what you call it, uh, phaser thing. Yeah. And there's, they just point at something and they press a button and the light comes on. Versus Clint Eastwood in like the good, the bad, and ugly. You know, when he fires a gun and there's like, when there's smoke everywhere and there's explosions all over the place. It's, it's kind of like the difference between those two things, that electric cars versus a, a sort of combustion engine performance car. Mm. Like I, I tried to explain to my young fella, who's not quite five yet, about cap guns the other day, and because uh, he hasn't seen a, oh, yeah. he hasn't seen a cap gun. It's like everything's just electronic or it's a Nerf gun. And he's like the smoke. I said, yeah, yeah, you get these. Now you can still buy these online. You can still buy caps. <laughs> and he was like, but there's a bang off it and the smoke. I was like, yeah. I said, I'm gonna get one for you. And his mind was blown. He was like, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah, fine. But it's like that. It's like. Yeah, everything's synthetic. It's old fashioned, old school. It's letters versus emails thing. It's 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 kind of the same, but not really the same. And that's that's about. I found the Tesla Model S with ludicrous mode, like a video game of some sort. It's like driving a PlayStation or something. It's just it's instant torque, and you're off the line, and you're gone. But it's it's not much fun. It's not the same as actually driving something that is sort of alive and explosions and noise and volume inside the car, and it feels scary. It's not scary at all electric. Something is kind of on fire up in front of you in, in a target. Yeah. Combustion. And it's just <laughs> not. of explosions. And, and I will I will stick up for the BST version. I mean, in the sense of a lot of electric cars can go fast in a straight line. Not a huge amount of them are as much fun in corners. This was. It reminded me of the or, the Audi uh, e-tron GT. Like that, for the weight of that yeah. car. Like the, the, the BST uh, Polestar is still 2.1 ton. It's not a light car. Bloody hell. Like they probably should have reduced the weight somehow in it, um. But uh, yeah, it was it was definitely fun. But I mean, you can have a lot more fun for just going by yourself a ten year old Audi RS six or something. <laughs> yeah, just flicking back to the motor stats for a minute. I wanted to point something out that we have new entrants this year uh, into the motor stats, be it Maxus, BYD, Aura, and Subaru, which has suddenly come back onto the list again. Um, although we know what Subaru is, but those three names, Maxis, BYD, and Aura, are three new Chinese companies who've entered the, entered the country here selling purely electric cars um, and quite a range of stuff. Like Aura's already sold 21 cars and BYD has already sold 21, not sold, but registered 21 cars each. Um, so they're already off the mark straight away with, with product 0.03 of the market share. Now, a lot of those cars, as we said, will be demos or pre-reg from, from dealers. Yeah, um, they'll be brought to dealerships, yeah. You could see it, actually. Funky Cat had the most registrations in February, which is when they did the car launches here in Ireland. Uh, yeah. Same with Maxis, the MIFA 9, the 6 registered, and I'm pretty sure they were all sitting out in Paris on the uh, <laughs> Long Mile Road, <laughs> if you drive by. But, no, uh, it's interesting you bring up BYD because uh, we were both away when the launch was on in Ireland. That car is entering the market at €37,000. And uh, the uh, certainly the interior is quite a lot better than what we've seen so far from China. That's good. That's it's It's going the right direction, but it's going to hurt a lot of dealerships out there. I tweeted a thing the other day about Tesla's um, 
there was a, a three-year-old Tesla for sale in a dealership in Ireland uh, for 42,000 and something euro for a three-year-old. Just a fairly, not a performance one, just an ordinary one. You can buy a new one for less. And you can buy the new one for slightly less. And I put the two pictures side by side going, don't trust uh, a car, new car companies because they, they don't know how to, uh, it, 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 there's a way of devaluing your stock that doesn't disturb the second-hand market. Volkswagen or Masters out have been doing it for years. Jaguar does it. They all do it. They sell a new car at a certain price. If they're going to drop the price, they put more gear in the car and support a higher price so the used cars don't get devalued massively. Um, and But Tesla don't. And they just go, no, it's cheaper now. That's it. Good luck. <laughs> Forget what you bought it at. Uh, this is the price it is now. So if you are in any way uh, not sure... You can now buy, if you've got cash, you can buy a brand new Model 3 Tesla for €40,000. You can go into Sandyford for forty grand and say, can I have a new car, please? And You can even finance on that. That's without that €5,000 saving they were throwing in there on fuels and all that stuff. That, <laughs> kind of money that is quite misleading. So if you go onto their website, yeah. it, it gives you, it says 35000 but then it says thirty five is after the savings you would make in fuel if you do a certain amount. Like, but they shouldn't be allowed to do that. No, that is deceptive marketing and deceptive pricing because that's not the price you're going to pay. You're you're not going to save. They're not going to give you five grand on the day. You're going to save that over whatever length of time they say it is. And I saw one of the EV forums. Someone was asking, "Do, do I pay thirty five or forty? So it was just a, a person, probably not that into cars, whatever. But they were tricked by the figures, and it was uh, it is a bit misleading. Yeah, it is very good. But the top selling brands in Ireland uh, are Toyota, Volkswagen, Hyundai, Skoda, which has put itself right in there, up 47%, and Volkswagen up 68%. They're one and the same company. Um, but the, like huge moves in the amount of cars that they're selling on top of that. And Ford have slipped down to six behind Kia, uh, but they're still up 15%. So it, like the, the top list, but. The, what you can really see from that list is the one that's at number seven, which is Dacia, which is higher up than Renault. <laughs> like they're they are shifting units. Dacia have been pushing really, really hard and a great appreciation, up 142% in sales from last year. I think it is worth pointing out as well, though. Some of that is down to supply. It is, yeah. Cars that were being made during lockdown or factories that went back to full capacity very quickly. Um, uh, made that top 10 kind of skew out if it I'd say if it had kept going Dacia probably wouldn't have been quite so high on the list it just kept making cars in Romania for example uh, this time last year it's probably quite hard to get an Enyaq now you can get an Enyaq fairly quickly if you want one uh, the Kia EV6 the GT line version of it I think they even took it off their website for a while you can now get that car again um, fairly quickly I was talking to Carl and Kia a few weeks ago and you can get them so there there's, does seem to be it's it definitely if you're into a particular type of model it's worth ringing your dealer or even ringing the brand their head office in Ireland as well and just inquire because um, one thing that someone said to me was there seems to be a perception that you can't get any car at the moment Whereas yes, there's a five and six month yeah, waiting list for and, and there, there are for some cars there's no doubt uh, I don't, have Audi started produ- producing the Q4 again I'm not sure um, I don't know Audi seem very quiet on sales uh, uh, well, on communications with sales, I know they were going through some staff changes there, but it just seemed to be very, just plugging away at numbers, you know. Yeah. So if you're if you're interested in a particular type of, type of car, definitely just ring. Don't take someone's word that you heard down the road that the painter in number seventeen said you can't get that car. <laughs> and when you buy something that's not. No imagination in sales every time. It's like to look out the window at their neighbor's car and go, oh, he's got one of them. I want one of them in the same color. 
And they just buy the same cars over and over. It's the same top 10 hasn't really moved or shifted or nothing for the last three or four years. I used to work with a guy who bought a secondhand Navy Saab. And his boss, who was also my boss, decided then to buy the same car in the same color, <laughs> but as a brand new one. <laughs> I think it was a, it was a nine three or something. I was like, "What are you doing that for? You're just going to wind them up." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I think there was a lot in that. If you do see, uh, particularly new model or something down the road, and you go, oh, "That's nice," I might, you know, there's there's no better marketing than if one of your neighbors has bought a car. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah, I wonder how between this, like, if we were if we were to try and figure out how many cars we've actually sold just by having a press car, just by driving it around. Because it's always the ones we have, like the York I have that, the Peugeot is just a stunning car in this perfect red color, really glossy red shape. Everybody's looking at it. It was the same for the Alfa Romeo last week. I'm convinced that people just look at the car, don't look at the reviews, just look at the car and go, I want one of them because it looks deadly. And they go off to the dealership and buy it. I was driving an M3 competition on my own up the Dublin mountains a couple of years ago. This is a 144,000 euro car. And I noticed quite quickly that there was a guy in my rearview mirror in black on a motorcycle stuck to my bumper. And the M3 is not a slow car. Any twist I could get, I opened it up and I was just enjoying the car. But this fella was not budging. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, what is going to happen here? And he's going to put out a shotgun or something and take the keys off me. <laughs> he really wants your car. So I pull in on the left. There's this zip wire place up near, near the Dublin Mountains, up near Glen Cullen. And I pull in and I thought, right, if he's not interested in me, he's, he has to go straight up the main road here because I'm pulling into a car park. It was the middle of the day, like it was lunchtime. He pulls in behind me and I go, oh, Jesus Christ. Then he pulls up beside the the, the uh, window. And I'm going, like he says, the black visor on. I can't see this fella. I can't see his face, can't see his eyes. Don't know what he wants. So I reluctantly kind of a little bit, you know, the little tiny gap in the window. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. A little push down. And uh, the visor comes up. Oh, how's it going? How's it? And then I kind of sensed then it was probably okay. Got, chat- yeah. got chatting to him. Uh, turns out he had had an M4 that was stolen from his house. He lives in the Dublin Mountains. And he wanted to know about the M3 competition. He was having a look at the seats and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I got talking to a few people I know from the area because it's not far from when I grew up. And turns out this dude was a builder who we had a mutual connection. And he went off and bought an M3 competition in green, in Isle of Man green, after that conversation. Oh, beautiful. But for a few seconds, I thought he was going to take the thing off me. (laughs) I seen pictures today of the BMW M3 uh, estate in Ireland um, not it's not on fleet I don't think I think it was just brought in by an importer or someone uh, but it's in this sort of a red colour it is one of the most stunning looking cars I've seen in years God I hope to put one in the press fleet <laughs> I'd say they will well hopefully they will but what like what a practical car as well it just does everything yeah. And it's subtle enough that you don't, unless you know what an M3 is, you're not really going to look at it and go, wow, that's a big performance car. It doesn't look performance. It looks like a like a mammy estate, but uh, not six times. And I think it's three something seconds, nearly four seconds. It's very fast, very fast. But it is the type of car you'd want uh, a garage for, I think. Well, considering very high powered cars tend to go very missing here in this country. Yeah, we, 
we need to we need a little garage somewhere put put them things away because um they're they're precious it's hard to have nice things in the country particularly when it comes to cars it can be certainly can be um on an unrelated car note um i put my airpods in yesterday you were having a conversation with people behind me in an office and i didn't want to hear it because you were talking about succession now i've only watched <laughs> three like i i'm always a few years behind i've just started watching drive to survive what a show Oh, that's a brilliant show. I don't even watch the Formula One much anymore. I prefer to watch Drive to Survive. It's Better. more interesting. Yeah. And uh, I haven't got that far into Succession. I won't spoil it for you. Well, well I hope I didn't spoil well, it for you. Uh, yeah, but it was, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to say it for other people because I don't know. But um, Philip Nolan was there and he's a ma- we text each other in the middle of su- Succession. Like it's, it, we're it, big fans. Big, big fans. So... You've I, is it over now? There's is no, there's more episodes. No, there's still uh, I think there's five more episodes to go after the last Monday's one, and um, and then that that is this is the last series. This is the last one, is it? Last one ever, yeah. No, I knew that, but I mm. wasn't sure it was it done. But uh, you're sticking with it. Oh, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It's only getting better and more settled into itself, which is if you go back to like episode one or two, it was quite it was interesting but awkward. It felt very awkward, very. You know that to find each other in it, but now it's really settled into a pace now, and there's there's an edge to it now. And it's lovely. It's a lovely. I'm gonna miss it when it's gone. It's one of those series that's gonna be forever going down, like Game of Thrones or something. You just kind of nothing else can replace it. Well, I look forward to getting to it, but I'm literally I haven't even finished season one of Drive to Survive, so I'll um, it it'll it'll take a while. <laughs> Till I get there. It's brilliant. Drive Survive was brilliant. But uh, yeah, I latched onto these things during lockdown. I, I didn't even know. I went, "What are we going to do?" There's not making any television. You go right Netflix, bang, and then you click that, and you go, "What's this Drive Survive thing about?" This looks crap. And then you go, "Oh my god, this is brilliant." <laughs> this is a bit behind the scenes you never get to see. Yeah, that was a massive time. Sure, Disney Plus pretty much launched in the middle of all that, and streaming was just yeah, so big. It all came together in in a sort of a two and a half year bit where it all, now it's all dying off again people are finding other things to do i think people are finding things away from television and away from uh streaming services although i still keep them on my phone they're great for airplanes and stuff absolutely well yeah i drove by a dart station near me that was deserted this time to what two, even two years ago it was deserted and today it was jammers so it's good to see that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's nice to people travel. Any emails that you want to send in, don't forget it's uh, drivingforcespodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to um, ask a question or, you know, just ask a question about cars. P- people are asking us where, where they should go with certain vehicles. I did get one uh, during the week and it was somebody whose missus, speaking of the Golf, or has been like the team of this week's podcast, uh, his missus doesn't like the Golf, or he's had it for him for a while. So he's looking at uh, an Audi S5. Um, Get a different missus. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's stuck with this one. Um, S5 is a good car. S5 is a good. But the car. original, the original S5 was a V8, and then did, did mm. they reduce that to a V6? Then they went to V6, three liter, I think, uh, and kind of kept there. I think V8. I don't think it has appeared since that original. Uh, the S5 and it was an RS4 that had a V8 in it as well the, I don't think it ever appeared after that it was a 4.2 or 4.4 litre V8 I think it was 4.2 yeah it was one of those it was over 4 litres in it it's sounded beautiful yep it's one of the best engines and sound of engines in the whole wide world bar none and, and they were manual uh, yep it was like... full manual full it was just a beautiful car 
tiny. They were small. The RS4 was actually quite a small car, but it was a phenomenal. There's a great episode of the Grand Tour called a Scandi Flick, and Clarkson brings one of those Audi RS. Fours on it it's from about 2007 or 8 or something with the 4.2 litre in it and the sound of it the noise of it it makes flames go out of the back but it's brilliant I remember that actually yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, that was it and that's kind of where I, I said well what about an RS6 but again depends on budget and again it's one of those cars you want in the garage I just uh, I don't know I don't know they've gone up in price there's there's a, two of them in the country that I know of that I've seen um, and they're both immaculate both driven but immaculate uh, but the price has gone up like three times now since, you know, they just keep going up now. There's so few of them left. They're not going to make that V8 ever again, I don't think. Obviously, the best CO2 emissions are going. We're never going to see any more V8s on the road. No. Well, my uh, good deed for the week, if you are looking for an RS6, is Beshoff Motors putting up five days ago. It's a 2021 RS6 Avant. Beautiful. Oh, my God. it's uh, It looks mint. And uh, it... Um, it looks quite, it's very like that RS7 from the front that was on, uh, both, I think, both our channels a couple of years ago. But um, a very good friend of mine brings an RS6 on uh, her Bumblebee trips, an RS6 Avant. It's like our support car. And it's blacked out, windows all on the side. Looks absolute. It's black on black with yellow calipers. And it looks savage. <laughs> the only bit of color in the whole car is the yellow calipers. <laughs> Everything else is black. Nice and discreet. Yeah. Right, well, look, for this uh, last part of the podcast, we're going to head over to um, Ballymount now. We're going to be chatting to some people from AA, including Paddy Common, um, who is basically, they're setting up a, a AA Ireland Academy in Dublin, which will train AA apprentices, part qualified mechanics, or those working in the motor industry. Um, even it's like the, the delays with NCTs is also down to this. And people just aren't choosing to become mechanics and technicians anymore. Is that part of the reason? Yeah, it is, really is. Yeah, people just aren't, they just can't get enough employees to stay at it for long enough. Apprenticeships don't pay enough. The conditions are often quite hard and difficult and cold uh, in some places. If you go into a big main dealership, it's all heated and warm, but it is, it can be shift work. It's tough enough work. So, and it takes a long time to get fully, fully um, uh, qualified. And people just aren't seeing a future to it now because the electrification of the fleet. And, you know, in 10 years' time, are we going to have any of these cars? Uh, training systems to be able to go on and, and get onto petrol and diesel cars because they just would not be made. And I'd say a lot of mechanics think I'll just be replacing windscreen wipers and brake fluid. That's pretty, that's what's going to happen. Or plugging plugging the car in and the computer says cell number 355 million is now not working. Mm. And that's it. That's the end of your job. It's going to be just a computer thing. Which, uh, you know, I, I understand people going to be a mechanic because that they maybe their dad or their ma was a mechanic or, you know, they grew up around it. But that, that job is starting to disappear now, as is very the job. very same for somebody making engines. You know, that's going too. Yeah. So, look, this next part of the podcast might be interesting um, for you or somebody you know. Um, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we will be back next week. We will. We have to go traveling again. But we'll, yes, we'll be back very soon. Where are we going now? <laughs> Are we going to go on travel next week? I can't remember. I forget. <laughs> we're usually on a scooter zooming around Prague, so I don't know what you're doing. I have to go to the UK for a day, not even a day on Friday. I'm not even. No, I don't let them. I'm not even bringing a bag with me. Just like I put a GoPro in my pocket. What's that in your? They can be great if it's something very odd. And un- I went for one day to Malaga to to film the Skoda um, Vision Seven S. 
And that was great because in and out in the day, I got to see the car, got to film the car, got the video uploaded and it went viral. Everything went well for the day out, but it was, it wrote me off the next day. I was so tired. I'm going to the UK at 7am and I'm back at 6 in the evening. That's just a half day. <laughs> You'd be grand. Not even a full day. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening and uh, check out this next part of the podcast featuring AA's new academy. Um, so we're at the Training Academy and it's it's a gorgeous event to see these guys here. We're going to talk to Paddy Common when we get a chance and those other two men would be really interesting to talk to. Um, the training guy. Yeah, it sounds like the reason uh, they decided to, and it's been a year and a half in the making, is uh, basically uh, the um, job as a mechanic or a technician as they need to be known now is perhaps not the sexiest of jobs. Um, but we really need to, like there's a, a graphic of a, an electric car just the platform chassis of it and the first thing you notice is there's really very little in that uh, layout of, of an electric car that's going to get your your fingernails dirty for example um, you know the idea of a mechanic coming home every night scrubbing up or scrubbing down uh, I mean th- th- there is still obviously an element of, of that will be there for a long time in, in the motor industry but you could kind of really think of yourself as a, an IT solution person when you're looking at electric cars and um, troubleshooting them down the road. It's fair, that's what he said as well, was he was looking for mechanics, technicians, I- engineers out there who do, don't want to turn on a computer. But mm. you've got a pile of people who don't want to get their hands dirty, who are able to turn on computers, need this kind of a job. And somewhere they all need to collaborate together. I can understand someone who's been a mechanic for 30 years gone. well, I'm at the kind of latter end of my career. Now, that's not to say some people, like, it is one of those jobs that you don't just qualify one day and you're done it's one of those continuous assessments and, and, yeah and, and development type of roles and I, I wonder is there kind of an element of snobbery sometimes with mechanics not not within mechanics obviously from outside like it is a highly skilled job yeah and it's one of those jobs like I, I don't know how to fix a car no. you don't really know how no. to fix a car it could change a tire all right but it's one of those jobs where you're going to go, this is broken, can you fix this for me and, yeah. and let me know how much I owe you? And we, it's always been seen as a sort of a backstreet thing, you know, some yeah. kind of big greasy fingernails, eating a dirty sandwich covered in oil. But in actual fact, today it's a, it's a highly skilled job now. I mean, you're talking about people dealing with 800 volt batteries. This is serious electricity uh, built into these cars. We've got a training facility here as well, which is just perfect. Behind us stands a Toyota, what is that, a Prius? That no, is a Prius. A Prius, yeah. Plug-in hybrid version Prius. Yeah, so they're going to train battery power and uh, mechanical power here, but there is um, high-powered batteries involved, and that's where they're going to get the most of their training. Good crowd here as well, isn't there? There's a lot of interest. Um, it, they've paired up with a company called Autotech Training. They're a UK-based company. Uh, they're in business about 15 years, and they ultimately want to find uh, a solution to the lack of recruitment and uh, their, I think their background was kind of working out uh, how to get people into jobs and um, working out where to go next when people leave the industry or move on to a different company. So that's kind of their background. Um, but the idea here is you'll be able to train from scratch whether you're, you've never lifted the bundle of a car before or you're a part qualified mechanic. Uh, and there's a, co- a couple of different roles here. They're looking to create 50 jobs and some of that will be uh, training you to be an AA roadside assist person. So in the vans that you see on the roads of Ireland uh, who can come and rescue you in the middle of the night or the middle of the day or whatever when you've got a flat battery or a flat tyre or whatever it may be, uh, they will train you to that standard. So you might want to be able to re-skill or uh, it's that kind of role. Now here he is now, he's just walked by in time. Paddy Common. Paddy Common. 
welcome, well, Bob, welcome to the to the podcast. This furry thing contains a massive microphone. So well, I'm glad it's that's what it is and not something else. Um, <laughs> so listen, lads, thanks for coming. We obviously today are launching the training academy, which I think is much needed, really, because we've seen for a long time that there's a lack of technicians. There's always people moaning, oh, we can't get them, we can't get them. So we decided, right, there's no point in us moaning about it. Let's make an academy where we can teach people. So it's, there's a couple of different ways people can learn here. One we can take apprentices in, so people who have no experience at all, don't have a job, we can train them in. Obviously, selfishly, we can train them in to be patrols, which we always need more of, but we can also train them to be technicians as well. So there is a career path for people who come in via the academy, but also we can train technicians for OEMs, for manufacturers, but we can also teach people if they want to say if they're in a representative of a company and they're looking after the electric vehicle fleet and they want to know a little bit more about EVs so they can teach staff as, as well and um, also they can be taught about hydrogen vehicles so it really doesn't matter what you want to learn about and obviously the invitation is going out to you two guys if you want to do any of these courses we'll get you guys it trained in so you'll that's be able challenge. to you'll be able to work on uh, some uh, evs in your driveway yeah that's a good challenge another side hustle just so <laughs> some, a career to fall back on how long would it take paddy if you did come in the door and having never lifted the bundle of a car to being fully qualified either to be a roadside person or a mechanic we were asking that question this morning to her if we we could have someone who already has some experience to say they've done a little bit and they're maybe working in a motor factors as in as little as six months we could have them as a patrol assist so out on the road not doing every job but doing some jobs um, a couple of years otherwise for someone who's coming in uh, with no experience at all we, you know we have as you can't obviously see on the podcast we, we you can we have a vast array of uh, technical equipment here we also have some really really good technicians so you will learn on the job as well so, so look, it's, it's, it's a variety of courses, it's a variety of opportunities for people, but as well as that, it's looking after our own domestic market because, look, that, that, there is a hole in, in, in talent and, and we hope to fill it. Paddy's working for the AA. This week is your two-year anniversary. Um, She's two years. Yeah, two years. Yeah. <laughs> that was a quick two years. Like, for people listening to this going, okay, right, I'm, I'm interested, but, you know, first of all, the AA in Ireland are around over 100 years. 112. Touchwood, they're not going anywhere. So 13 years, actually. It's 1910. That's a long time. It's <laughs> a lot of breakdowns. <laughs> yeah. um, but career progression and as a company to work for, how would you describe it? Yeah, very good. I mean, I think the thing to think about the AA is that there is opportunity to move up. So you'll see some of the people here who are uh, walking around in suits are guys who would have been you know, fixing cars on the side of the road. Uh, and the, the career progression is good, but but as well as that, the patrols really enjoy their job because for people who want to be out and out and have a flexible hours, who, who like um, being out in the open air, it's a perfect job for those people as well. And they're, they're the core of our business. Of course, there's a few of us sitting down at desks and on laptops, but the, the core of our business really are those people who are out in the road and the people in the call centres as well who are helping deploy um, people. But but look, you know, obviously I'm biased, but. People who have interactions with the AA patrols generally have a really good experience. That's true. I've had interactions in my car with the start, and they're lovely. Lovely. It's a lovely thing. I same. I had a guy, and he, he fixed the problem that he was called out for, which was a battery. Then he said, "Go and have a look at those bulbs for you while I'm here." And is the central locking working? And he was messing around. He had the onboard computer thing operational, and he was working away. Where do people apply if they're interested? So we have a website. It's aatrainingacademy.ie, and people can. 
uh, come in there and talk about uh, and, and look at the training courses available as well. But look, if they want to get in touch with us via any of the socials either as well, we're across all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you like, and get in touch with us and, and, and we'll look after you. But we really are looking for people. So if anyone is sitting out there worried about their employment, uh, we, are, we are actively recruiting right now. And it should, uh, worth mentioning, not just people of school leaving age, you could be 40, career change coming up. Absolutely, look, you know, we're, we're looking at people who are working in motor factor shops in Halfords or whatever else, people who have been around the motor industry, have a little bit of experience, um, you know, we will take you in and we'll train you up. Excellent. I do. When are you signing up, Bob? <laughs> just think it. Literally, it's such a good salesman that here to me. So, oh, yes, I can do that. <laughs> sounds like a really, sounds like something I could be interested in. For sure. Yeah, it sounds good. Really good launch, though. Really good. It's great to see. It's great to see the positive attitude. Fifty new jobs. That's a big step. Like that's a big step for a hundred and thirteen-year-old company. Yeah. Well, I think as well. I, look, the main point for us was we could we could sit around and moan and say, oh, we can't get technicians. What what are we going to do? The decision was, let's do something about it. We, and we've got the expertise in. It does exist in the UK. And it's the crowd, the people from Autotech training in the UK are very good. And they've set up this curriculum for us. And, um, and it really is interesting stuff. So I, you know, I hope to see you guys on it to, to, uh, to take your education a little bit further. You'll be outgunning the, uh, the, the Germans who are uh, at the press conferences with you. <laughs> also, all the training will be in Dublin, is that right? Yeah, absolutely in Dublin, but of course they can uh, they can move this around. So if there was a, a situation where a dealership in Cork or whatever else wanted to, to do something, we can move some of this. But yeah, by and large, we are here in Marywell Road and uh, Marywell Industrial in Dublin. Ideal. Right, back to the studio. That is where we will leave it on this week's episode of Driving Forces. Make sure to leave us a review and maybe share this podcast with anyone else you know who might be interested in automotive podcast news. We'll talk to you very, very soon.